City Tech Stories. I'm Junior Tidal, web services and multimedia librarian. City Tech Stories is a podcast highlighting the experiences and voices of the City Tech community. Each episode will center around a theme and include perspectives from across the college. Hi, I'm Elvis Bakaitis, an adjunct reference librarian here at City Tech. Today's podcast is an interview with Professor Christopher Swift from the theater department. You may have heard of Open Educational Resources, or OER, free resources that help lower the textbook costs for students. Today, we'll be talking about the student and classroom experience with OER. Thanks for listening. Okay. Um, hi, so we're here today with Professor Christopher Swift, um, and I'll just lead into our first question. Um, but how long have you been teaching here at City Tech? I know you're a professor in the theater department, and yeah, can you talk a little bit about your course? Um, Sure, sure. So I've been in here, for, I'm in my eighth year. Okay. Um, and our department is the humanities department, which mm-hmm. has been a service department uh, for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got a major, actually, in communication. Ah. Uh, so we have that up and running. But uh, typically, most of our courses serve the gen ed requirements of, of the college. Mm-hmm. And so the, the theater course that I teach uh, well, I teach two theater courses principally, but I teach a number of other um, interdisciplinary courses as well. Mm-hmm. But the one that I chose for OER is a theater history course. And um, I have students from everywhere uh, in that course. Uh, every yeah. country? Or... Every country, every major. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, all ages. <laughs> yeah, people cool. returning to school, uh, people fresh cool. out of, uh, students fresh out of high school. Um, so there's just a, a very broad background. Some students mm-hmm. have real good technological skills. Mm-hmm. Other ones are great with language. Some are much more into, uh, you know, the, the service and of, mm-hmm. uh, of um, their professional sort of development. Okay, sure. Uh, so they're, they're focused more on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it's a wide range, and that's a challenge for the course, uh, for many of our courses in the department, because we have to serve so many different kinds of students, not, and none of them are mm-hmm. theater majors. <laughs> right, so, that's a tricky... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so when you heard about um, OER, I guess... Um, what drew you to the idea of using open educational resources in your course, um, and kind of what led you to pursue the OER fellowship um, here at City Tech? Um, it sounds like the students have different levels of digital familiarity, but I was wondering if you could talk about sort of your own perspective in coming into this, and maybe some perceptions that you had of what it would be, or anything along those lines. Sure, sure. So uh, when I first got here, maybe in my second year, I was introduced to Open Lab. Uh, through the Living Lab um, grant, cool. and as part of that, we were introduced to you know WordPress, but not mm-hmm. in a in a very. I mean, we we were able to do some of the very basic mm-hmm. use basic tools on WordPress, but and we even designed a course site at that time, <laughs> but I wasn't able to sort of uh, develop. Uh, a really complete functional course site at that point and I use it in, in a couple semesters but then I was sort of balancing it with Blackboard right. uh, which my students are also familiar with yeah. but but what, why I chose to do the fellowship is because I found that working uh, with WordPress and then being able to learn it and be more flexible with it it's mm-hmm. it offers students a more creative um, mm. portal into the material uh, where they can sort of design their own um, 
design their own ways of expressing themselves mm-hmm. uh, in either a blog or something like that. And there's, uh, I think that flexibility allows them to be uh, more creative okay. and more expressive uh, if they are able to sort of develop projects right. in on a site like WordPress. Yes. So that was one reason why I chose it. Uh, I've been also working with uh, Professor Nora Almeida in an interdisciplinary course. So she's a librarian here. Mm-hmm. And she knows WordPress really well nice. and, and OER. Okay. So by co-teaching with her, Great. I was kind of inspired nice. to learn more about it. Cool. Uh, so kind of led in by a existing OER exactly. practice. Excellence. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. uh, I guess the, the other reason I, was, uh, I chose... Uh, to pursue it more deeply was because I'd always used um, materials from various backgrounds for my theater history course. I hadn't, I'd used chapters from Mm. textbooks, uh, trying to stay under the copyright limit. Mm -hmm. Um, It would just take one chapter, for instance, (laughs) and uh, PDFs and things, but I was not feeling like I was creating something cohesive Mm. uh, by sort of snagging from multiple sources. Interesting. So I was kind of doing a traditional kind of theater history chronologically by skipping around to different internet sources and also Mm. different texts, et cetera, videos, Mm. music, et cetera. Uh, We would go to live performances, and we sort of create this patchwork uh, Mm. environment. Uh, But since I've done the OER, I felt like the the structure of the course has moved towards more of a case study structure, where I'm not trying to create a linear narrative. Uh, of history. You're not starting from, you know, 1000 AD and going to the present, right? You're focusing on different historical periods. Exactly. And different cultural kind of moments to bring people in, is that? Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, We do start, I mean, it is somewhat chronological, uh, just because we do focus on the developments of technologies over the years. And so it's interesting to see how, for instance, one technology might actually be 2,000 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, we still use um, pulley systems in theaters, for instance, mm-hmm. that are manually right. operated, and that's, you know, that's that true. goes back to the Romans and the Greeks. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting <laughs> right. to see some of those continuities, but then also okay. see how technology uh, in the history of theater has changed uh, and developed. Nice, and that seems like a good parallel to OER, right? Because in the sense we're using a new technology, I mean, not to be too obvious, but I think it's interesting to focus on that, you know, in such an age now of um, digital change, you know, um, and I guess um, just seeing how the students respond since they're so digitally immersed, you know, kind of how do they respond to that fluidity and flexibility that's offered by the OER. Um, Some faculty have said, oh, my students today are so different, you know, and how Mm -hmm. my students previously would have been able to respond to this technology and like kind of their comfort on the digital um, platforms is easier. Do you find that to be true, or kind of where do you feel like your students come from in terms of range of, you know, technological backgrounds? Um, no, I think they're more fluent than I am, oh, um, yeah. and uh, in some ways, mm-hmm. and in other ways, uh, you know, I'm, I'm aware of sort of digital uh, platforms and and applications like GIS, which I'm really into mapping, oh, right, which I also teach. Uh, my students, but you know, um, I think they are pretty fluent. I just, uh, I think my challenge as a teacher is getting them to use their proficiency in a in a in a productive way, mm. uh, so that it's not in a just sort of lazy way where you just do very quick kind of searches through Google right. and you just go with the first thing that comes up if you have a yeah. research project, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, 
you know, that I guess that is OER in some way. You know, I'm not curating the material. I'm asking them to do research on something. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I try to, you know, explain, you know, how to identify, you know, legitimate sources, right. uh, but also ones, you know, finding sources that I even put in the syllabus mm -hmm. that uh, go into some kind of depth and it creates some context, some historical context can be challenging, where it's right. not just like an encyclopedia entry Mm -hmm. um, that uh, just gives you a list of information, for instance. Um, right. I want to try to go beyond that and find sources that, you know, explain the social relevance mm -hmm. uh, or even the artistic meaning uh, of certain moments in theater history. Nice. Um, yeah, can you talk about some examples? Because you had mentioned that previously you were sort of pulling from different PDFs and creating um, sort of like a patchwork, right? So mm -hmm. I guess I was wondering how um, the fellowship sort of changed your approach, if it did in any way, like if you feel that it's less of a patchwork or if it's sort of patchwork plus, you know, enhanced <laughs> with different multimedia elements or anything. Um, yeah. That nature. Yeah, well, well, it's kind of a process because this is the first semester I'm okay. teaching it, and I think mm -hmm. I, it'll always be a process of development. And right. so I'm, I'm going to change some things next semester. Mm -hmm. um, I think I have to move more towards student-generated um, work, like okay. project-based work, right. uh, and less about sort of giving material and then quizzing on it and then doing mm -hmm. lectures. Right. Um, some students actually prefer the lecture model. Uh, I don't. I never sort of leaned on that in general right. because I feel like it's just st students don't absorb the material. But in some ways, because they it's all new material to them, I have to take the time to explain it. Right. So I can't just leave it up to the readings outside of class to uh, fill in all the gaps. Right. Um, so I'm trying to find that balance with OER. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and you talked about some historical gaps that students may have coming in new. Um, I guess I'm just curious, like, um, do you feel like students are more receptive to the OER than they were to using Blackboard? Do you see any difference in sort of how they respond to the material in this um, framework? Or, um... Um, I, I think that it's, I think that they're going to be more, uh, I think I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to more easily go into the OER stuff if it's digital, okay, uh, because they're familiar with that kind of interface, right? And so they'll feel more comfortable with it, and they don't want to lug around necessarily a textbook sure. uh, with them. And so I think when I have used textbooks in the past, right. they weren't getting used uh, as much as they should have been. Gotcha. Whereas they can carry these materials around on their phone or on a laptop mm -hmm. or be at home. Um, but that's not even true of all students because some students mm -hmm. don't even have access to computers at home. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so they need to find time in the library mm -hmm. uh, or some, or a computer, <laughs> a computer lab. But those don't aren't always available around their working hours. Sure. So it's not you know it's not a panacea. I don't think that's because really we point. I guess we assume right. that all students sort of have like all, you know, mm -hmm. constant access, but some of our students don't. Um, Yes, yeah. I think that's a really good point, um, just for our listeners, um, for anyone else who's not at City Tech, you know, you have a lot of students who, I think some of the underlying assumptions of OER are like, ah, oh, well, it will be accessible to all, you know, this broad-based all, whether it's here in the United States or whether it's, you know, in a different country, um, and sometimes the assumption of digital accessibility is, has some flaws, I think, sort of baked mm -hmm. into it. Um, mm -hmm. 
and the fact that even in New York City you can have a lot of like sort of um, you know just people who are not that's not a medium that they're connecting to in their regular life they have to go find a computer to use you know to get to these uh, materials so I think it's an interesting kind of um, tension point in how we think about access um, mm -hmm. but yeah um, for sure for sure yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of the teaching aspect, um, have you noticed like a influence of sort of how using OER as a framework um, has changed your pedagogy or sort of how you're approaching teaching the class like from the faculty side? Um, yeah, so I, I think that uh, by putting the materials available on OpenLab has been productive. Great. And creating assignments on OpenLab has also been good because mm -hmm. um, students can get the information and have the instructions right there at their fingertips uh, mm -hmm. for the most part and understand the assignments. The, the trick is, is to create assignments that really engage them with the material mm -hmm. because I think just because it's on the internet, it could be even a video or, or a clip right. of music or it could be... Um, you know, some visual material, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to automatically become engaged and interested. So, Definitely. you know, really the, my job is right. to create assignments that, that allow them to do that. And, mm -hmm. I, and I've noticed, and I, this is something I've always believed though, pedagogically, is that uh, sort of a kinesthetic or physical interaction with material mm -hmm. is going to create a, a more, a better learning opportunity sure. for students. So if students yeah. can reiterate uh, the material mm -hmm. uh, vocally, if they can do mm -hmm. presentations, if they can stand up sometimes, if they can you know, work in groups uh, where conversations are had. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we do sketching, for instance, in oh, our nice. class. So they oh. can sort of tact tactily uh, sort of understand architecture uh, and design um, and uh, so yeah I, I always try to find that balance right um, and I guess open doesn't is not online uh, right. right OER doesn't mean online and all of these uh -huh. things are kind of open education resources uh, you can find other types you can, handouts could be you know, an OER, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, and I think that's something that easily gets sort of has, because all this came out of, um, you know, a technological kind of side, right? Um, out of open soft, soft, uh, open soft source software movements um, in the past, this concept of openly licensed materials mm -hmm. and using Creative Commons licenses, mm -hmm. right? It does come out of um, a software-based place, but mm -hmm. if a material is openly licensed, right? So you could have a handout that you you know, released or a zine or something else that's a different format. But I think even more recently, people are kind of starting to open the door to more um, like experiential learning and bringing that in as a form of open. Mm -hmm. So how can we use digital tools to allow us to do things and kind of um, create assignments that um, involve that active engagement with the world yeah. in a way that adds value to the learning experience and yes. doesn't just create like... Um, a sort of closed classroom environment right because all of this has broken open some of the closed doors of the classroom right like mm -hmm. releasing your syllabus online mm -hmm. hey what is anyone else teaching that's mm -hmm. been pretty much a closed door right there's a lot of silos of like what other faculty do mm -hmm. so I think what's cool about this new sort of direction of open is maybe even a little bit more metaphorical um, if that makes sense does that uh, uh, metaphorical in, um, terms in the of sense of being a broader concept of open oh, being applying yeah. to not just like literally putting things online right um, but saying hey what is actually um, what's an open and closed classroom experience mm -hmm. 
so borrowing from different sort of um, teaching traditions right. and trying to integrate that with sort of in a digital humanities environment, like on the open lab. Um, yeah, 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 so. yeah. And, and student-generated work is a, a way of dis, uh, describing openness. Right, Right, exactly. so if, mm-hmm. if the students are producing the, the intellectual material based on mm-hmm. you know research etc and thinking sure. yeah. uh, then then uh, that's an open right it doesn't just come from the instructor or yes, you know right yeah. from some master narrative in a textbook it just yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I think um, the idea of like non-renewable or sorry renewable assignments so not just a paper that you know theoretically you grade and then the student has and then maybe they throw it away mm-hmm. you know that's kind of a close um, track mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. learning right whereas you could have them contribute to something like a Wikipedia article theoretically that's mm-hmm. been something that's tossed around as um, sort of self-renewing and encouraging mm-hmm. um, continued engagement with it um, yeah and, and WordPress allows you to do that the open lab mm-hmm. uh, interface because then they can create portfolios or they can create their they can right. save their work that's true uh, yeah. and always have it you know, in the future. Uh, so it's not just going to be in a notebook that gets lost or stored in an attic somewhere. Uh, oh, but it's cool if those yeah. are found, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I like that aspect of WordPress. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, one of the other questions I had was, I guess, how do you see the move from commercial textbooks? And it sounds like you weren't always necessarily using those in the past anyway. But do you kind of see OER as um, adding value just in the sense that it, you know, lessens the student cost of like having to buy materials. And I know you had mentioned some um, creative uses of saved money with theater tickets. If you want to talk about that, sure, bit, um, yeah. sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm all about reducing the costs uh, for students as the tuition gets you know increase increases almost every right. year for them, and um, so the burden for students is quite large. But yeah, so that's. Definitely one of my main considerations. Uh, I also felt like in my theater classes, I wanted them to go see theater. Mm. So to spend, you know, twenty-five, thirty dollars on a theater ticket made right. more sense to me than sixty to a hundred dollars on a textbook. Um, and then, you know, of course, connecting that, that experience of going out to see theater right. with other assignments and readings, etc. Um, we talk about stage spaces and we talk about architecture. Uh, in the theater history course because it's focused on material culture okay. and so it's it's sort of hard to talk about a play and mm. in, in that context unless you go experience right. a space so, yeah. and if you, unless you go to the site <laughs> sure. and, and you examine it that way and I, I think it just enlivens the whole experience for students immediately when they're backstage at a Broadway theater or, sure. or even off-Broadway, we go to The Signature, we've mm. gone to Keen Company, we've gone to uh, Playwrights Horizons um, for to see some theater, or we do mm-hmm. backstage tours at St. Anne's Warehouse, mm. uh, or, or Broadway houses we've gone to, like the Biltmore. Mm. Um, and I think that they just immediately understand in a more s- mm-hmm. s- sort of physical way, you know, uh, what theater is about. Right. Um, some of my students haven't even ever seen a play. That was my next question. So I how do you talk about theater history if you've never seen? You right. Know. It's kind of like what is this abstract yeah, yeah. form? Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I love that example just because it kind of brings everything to life, you know, in a sense. And mm-hmm. I. Um, as I mentioned before, I think a lot of the cost savings value of OER has been talked about in terms of like literally, you know, um, what will it save the students in terms of what they might purchase instead in their context of their lives. But I really love the idea of redirecting that saved money towards an educational experience that mm-hmm. um, 
like theater that gives back to the arts mm-hmm. really directly. I mean, I think that's great. Um, yeah, that's very cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I guess yeah. Was there any um, kind of specific example of like an OER highlight that you wanted to mention, or um, I don't know, a part of using the OER that you felt really worked, or? Sure. So uh, one thing that I built this 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 year was to have them do uh, research uh, at the New York Public Library's digital image collection. Oh, okay. So when we were talking about sort of mid twentieth century design, right. uh, I was looking at Robert Edmund Jones, who mm-hmm. was a famous American designer, mm-hmm. um, who was influenced by a lot of the avant garde that was happening in Europe previously, but. New York Public Library happens to have a great collection mm. of his work, of his set designs, oh, okay. and even costume design. He did somewhat. So what I had them do was uh, to find an image, mm-hmm. um, and then create a citation, mm. um, and uh, so they learn attribution in that way. Uh, but then they also discuss the image in terms of the sort of aesthetic world that we were talking about in terms of the avant-garde. Nice. Uh, so moving away from realism, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Robert Edmund Jones did s- some very realistic sets, but he was also pushing into more abstract places. Mm-hmm. So uh, sort of connecting the material that way. And then they would post it on OpenLab. Oh, great. Um, they were posting their reflections at OpenLab? Yeah, or? exactly. And they're at, at the image, and then the citation, and oh, then the okay. reflections. Gotcha. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think um, having student involvement, you know, hopefully future students could look at this as an example, you know, or you could kind of hark back to it as an assignment that's already up there, um, or other faculty theoretically could kind of look to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, I like the idea of the using the digital um, picture collections because there's they're almost hard to conceptualize. There's so many thousands of images right. out there, so it's um, sort of fun to force them to look at one specific thing in depth. Um, that's right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, and I guess um, I, my final question, unless you have other thoughts that you wanted to share, was um, sort of in general, how did the OER um, context influence the course content that you chose? And you talked a little bit about that, but I was just curious um, if you had any limitations that you found, or if you wanted to talk about any pros and cons, um, or things you would do differently in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So. Yeah, so like I was saying, I think I'm moving more towards a case study mm-hmm. uh, structure for the for the course, which makes sense because in one right. semester it's really hard to describe continuity. Also, yeah. I'm trying, you know, we're, we go to different places in the world, so you right. know there are there is no continuity <laughs> uh, between lot, Western yeah. theater necessarily and the, the no, uh, right? Right. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I think that works better because I think a lot of the open education resources that are available, uh, some of them are very specific. Mm-hmm. And then if you kind of aggregate a lot of the different materials about mm-hmm. one topic, it, you, what you're doing right. is creating different ways of looking at one subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, the... the uh, Japan, the Japanese cultural ministry or something, puts out a really interesting website that's all about the no, and right. because it's sort of a historical heritage mm-hmm. of the country. Uh, but then also we can look at videos uh, and we can we can mm-hmm. talk about um, some of the texts um, that uh, were written for this form. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so I think what 
OER does is it allows you different entryways into a, into a one subject, uh, maybe that in a way that a textbook can't do. Um, yeah, different ways of interfacing with the material. Well, yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a really good kind of um, recap of what OER is for people um, who may, you know, not be, be new to it. Or um, I think it can be hard to conceptualize because it is so different. Um, sometimes um, using open resources gets called on the worst side, you know, like a hodgepodge, mm -hmm. right? But I think um, thinking of it as bringing variety and kind of a diversity of perspectives mm -hmm. is a really positive way to look at it. And I think also accurate, right? Because you're looking at all these different viewpoints and kind of circling through materials that may not have been even created for educational use. Right. You know, necessarily, but you can still bring that in. Right, right. So in that sense, you're really looking at the real world, mm -hmm. right? And looking at how is this topic being conceptualized. Exactly. In the contemporary framework, which in a textbook, it's a very flat and somewhat controlled environment based on right. editorial boards, et cetera, so I think... Um, right, and there's this assumption with textbooks that it's coming from a sort of either a, uh, a neutral background or, mm -hmm. or an expertise in some way, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's no acknowledgement of, fa of mm -hmm. perspective, for instance, that, that whoever right. is putting that material together has an approach. Uh, I mean, sometimes right. they do, sometimes <laughs> they don't, yeah. but I think with OER, then definitely you can talk about that I mean, what's the state? What are the stakes for the person who's put the material out there for consumption? That's really yeah, and who's the audience, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, that definitely brings. I think the fact that OER is coming from the library side, right? It, mm. You kind of bring in a lot of library instruction principles. Um, you know, just talking about who is creating this material, what is it, and you know, if you have students who are navigating and you know a sea of information or just what's available online, I think starting to kind of um, assess those sources early mm -hmm. is a really great way to sort of onboard them to life skills they're going to always be using, mm -hmm. right? And maybe not always about the no mm -hmm. <laughs> Japanese mm -hmm. theater, but mm -hmm. um, just sort of those analytical skills and levels of, you know, realizing that there are competing viewpoints mm -hmm. and that we really need to like kind of assess them in different ways. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great example yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about um, OER that we didn't cover, or um, I think I don't know if we talked about this uh, earlier uh, before before recording, but uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah. no, I just I, I think to summarize, I think that you know it's it's a project in development, right. and I'm uh, if there are two schools about digital learning. Uh, or the digital humanities, one right. being uh, that uh, it's 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 challenging and it, mm -hmm. it might be distracting, and then there's a the school where we just have to plunge into it, use it. I think that right. finding the balance uh, between mm -hmm. those those two kind of impulses is really important uh, because I think in some ways our students are going to be navigating in the internet um, no matter what, and right. it's important to s s sort of like. Uh, give them some background about how to do it in a productive way, uh, whereas just, you know, forcing them away from that is, is not necessarily going to work, but I think I'm trying to find also more tactile and experiential ways into the material uh, at the same time, and I'm just trying to find that balance. Yeah, no, I think that's um, just great. I mean, I think the kind of um, bridge of the digital humanities doesn't always totally get to the real world mm -hmm. completely, right, um, but I think synthesizing those two is... Um, 
probably where you hit that sweet spot of like learning, you know, practical learning, right, in an actual real world environment, but then also tying it back to how can we use and leverage digital tools to reshare that. You know, yeah. Ideally, so that some of the student learning goes back to other students. Sure. Know. Well, the digital world could be the real world environment anyway. Uh -huh. I mean, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to. Right. For instance, we do a, a mapping right. project in in, mm, in the course right. where they create uh, maps around okay. uh, of theater communities, oh, uh, and those can be published and and distributed that way. Right. Uh, so yeah. So I think it's just yeah. finding that balance. I think you're right. Totally. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good um, positive note to uh, yeah. <laughs> conclude on. Um, yeah, I had mentioned um, earlier some faculty resist and tell us that OER is the death of the humanities, mm -hmm. bar none. And I think, um, you know, textbooks have sort of the illusion of neutrality, like you mentioned, but um, they also have the illusion of being the last word. And I mm -hmm. think in a world where there is no last word, potentially, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on a topic, um, Maybe there never was, right? But mm -hmm. we're kind of moving away from that. And I think students sometimes have some learning curves, too, in being mm -hmm. like, oh, you don't have the truth. You know, like, what is that mm -hmm. concrete thing going to look like? Um, so, yeah, that's where I think those fun analytical skills and, um, I don't know, all of that good stuff gets in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, um, Professor Swift. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Excellent. And uh, with that, we can go. Thank you. Nice. <laughs>